and Binker Bonkers. Ben, what's up? So, the one and only, what's known in Chiang Mai is just Ben. <laughs> we met um, five years ago, October 2014, at the Dropship Lifestyle Conference, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the original e-commerce conference that I got started out at, started at, as you guys know. But Ben has been a digital nomad, digital nomad, since 2008? I can yeah. claim that. Okay, so you've been here... Uh, He's been out here in these parts for a long, long time. Maybe the original Digital Nomad. We're going to get into his story. And then um, in the end, um, he's going to share about his digital marketing agency doing Facebook ads for local businesses that's crushing, making six figures plus, plus, plus. Uh, So anyways, one of the best original homies. He, oh, he almost died because uh, he's a fighter and jujitsu wrestler and he got a staph infection and he was like almost died he was in a coma and like everyone was worrying about him in chiang mai and anyway crazy crazy story uh the og homie in chiang mai so yeah ben what's up tell us um how did you find your way out to um to thailand in the first place it was it was muay thai right similar to johnny so I moved to Asia in uh, 2003, 2004, way back in the uh, pre-internet days. And I originally moved out here when I was 15 years old because I got a, uh, a pro contract offered to me by a Chinese fighting organization. And then when I was 15, uh, I moved to the Shaolin Temple in China and trained Shaolin martial arts and uh, Kung Fu and ended up... Uh, fighting, training, and living in China for the next few years. And then once I reached about 18, 19, I had a uh, interesting first sort of business situation take place uh, while I was in China, uh, a business that I was working uh, with a partner on, we did. Uh, we put in our bid to the 2008 Olympics to put solar panels on uh, their Olympic buildings. Whoa. We didn't get the contract, You're but we awesome. were. But we were one of eight companies that were that were in consideration, and we were working in the solar industry. And in 2008, during the economic collapse, the solar industry in China completely uh, uh, was decimated. It went from 82 companies. Uh, at the end, there were two companies that had survived. So it was a massive die-off. And we were part of that. And uh, I had a pile of cash in my pocket, and I bought a one-way ticket from China uh, and came to Thailand. And I fell in love with it. And so I, I've been sort of making Thailand my home base ever since. And I love Thailand, love Thai culture. And I like spending three to six months a year here every year. Nice. Okay, nice. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, you must speak a good amount of Thai then. Ninoi. Eh. And, and Chinese also. Yes, more Chinese. Yeah, I I would say that I have conversational uh, Mandarin. Okay, cool. Um, Okay, so it's worth noting that when you grew up, we might not have time to go into this, but when you grew up, uh, your family was a, a circus family. How do you say it? Uh, what, so my <laughs> your family were circus performers. Yes. Go. Let's cover that real quickly. Okay, so um, I have a long history in Asia. Obviously, I'm half Asian. My mom's Filipino. But uh, our roots in Asia are very long. My dad uh, 
had a product manufacturing business mm-hmm. uh, on the East Coast. Uh, he lived in Seattle, Washington for a long time. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, he started a company called Jugglebug. And Jugglebug is a juggling manufacturing business. Um, and at the time, there weren't very many products being manufactured in China. And in fact, uh, because he was a member of the Chamber of Commerce in uh, in Seattle, Washington, and he was creating plastic products and had experience having uh, products manufactured in Taiwan previously. Once China opened up and Nixon came over and uh, and shook hands with the uh, chairman of China at the time, uh, literally on the second plane over, my dad was was chosen by the Chamber of Commerce to go over because of his plastics manufacturing experience. And so he ended up uh, developing an incredible brand uh, back in the days before the internet and for uh, 25, 30 years created a whole line of books and videos that led people to purchase products uh, that he manufactured. So he created an entire funnel uh, that included live events, that drove sales for products, which include a whole line of, uh, of books and videos, and uh, including a book that sell, sold well over a million copies. Uh, it sold in 14 different languages around the world. And this is pre-Amazon days. So those million copies were hardcover copies or uh, softcover copies. And so wow. he, my, my um, connections and understanding of business and how to do business here in Asia, particularly in China, is multi-generational. Wow. And so uh, a lot of the same connections that my dad had, I was able to uh, step into that role about uh, 16, 17 years ago when I first moved out here. And ever since, I've been working in business, either online, offline, doing product sourcing, import and export from China. And then now for the last uh, eight years, I've been doing uh, drop shipping and uh, e-commerce, Facebook and Google ads. Yeah, which... I would call it at its core digital advertising. Now you're a digital advertising guy, and where do you advertise digitally? Well, I don't know. Where are people's attention? Facebook and Instagram, it's the same thing. Um, And also Google. Yeah, you're really great at that, too. We'll get into your agency that's crushing it now. Okay, wow. So you were telling me that at dinner, your dad had this whole brand. I kept thinking of four-hour work week, like 2007, when he's talking about, like, uh, um, like the Taibo example, you know, like doing these info products and then tie them all into physical mm-hmm. products. So, hey, I guess this was kind of possible in our, our parents' generation. It was, you know, he had the, his muse. And um, it's also worth noting, you were telling me just like, this is uh, crazy. Your dad would also tour around America mm-hmm. and teach elementary school kids yeah, so. how to <laughs> juggle. And like you were traveling with him and and I guess you said he taught some huge number of kids how to juggle mm-hmm. um, because of the reason that you can share, which is really actually really cool. Yeah. So we've actually, uh, as a family, from the age of three to the age of uh, 14, I traveled full time in a 40 foot motorhome and mm-hmm. traveled around the United States teaching kids how to juggle in schools and summer camps. And we were working about 300, 320 days a year, going from schools and summer camps on the weekends. We do uh, free events at, uh, at um, different uh, charities. And then during the week, we would do school programs, uh, getting paid anywhere from 1500 uh, to $1,800 a day to come in and do a one-day school program and teach everyone how to juggle. My dad had, a, had essentially my sister and I sitting at the back of the uh, auditorium selling uh, uh, one 
one-off juggling uh, products, whether they were in the instructional videos or the products. And uh, he also had a, uh, 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 well, there, I guess there wasn't a website back then, but catalogs that people uh, could order from and purchase their products. And so uh, our main focus for many years was generating uh, sales for physical and information products, but not online. We did it all offline. Wow. And he ended up building that business into a multi-million dollar business. He sold that business, uh, I believe, in 2007, 2007, 2008, and uh, retired in Florida. Wow, nice. <laughs> hey, so entrepreneurial family. Okay, yeah, that's great. So the cool thing that you told me earlier was they had this huge study that proved that kids who learn how to juggle were... What's that stat? So uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't touch on the total numbers that my dad had taught how to juggle. And in fact, uh, the numbers are up into uh, well over a million physical people in front of him that he taught how to juggle in the United States. So and he, and if you're out there and you're one of the uh, yeah. one out of 300 people in America that he taught how to juggle, uh, leave a comment below. And I'm sure that he'd love to see, he'd, he'd love to see your, uh, your responses. Um, that said, uh, the study that you're referring to is a study done in South Texas, uh, and what they discovered was that children who took uh, five-minute juggling breaks in between subjects, it was almost like a sorbet for the mind. It freshened up the palate and allowed children to learn more deeply. It was the ability to get up out of your seat and do something that crosses the the right and left brain barrier as you're physically juggling and then also you're getting out of your mental space of being focused on one subject instead you're thinking about uh this incredible thing juggling which is uh, essentially moving objects through space using physical force and uh humans are hardwired to uh, pick up a ball and throw it you you give a ball to a young child first thing they're going to do throw it and so it's something that's in our DNA, and he tapped into that and um, really created a great movement out of a really niche product. And so seeing that growing up allowed me to uh, perceive niches that otherwise would be completely written off and instead see the value in not only the founder, but also products that other people might completely write off. I found a lot of success promoting those products and believing in the founder themselves and the passion that they bring to the project. Juggling, who would possibly think that juggling would become a multi-million dollar business back in the 70s and 80s uh, and, and even into the 90s? Uh, my dad made it happen and I appreciate him for it. Yeah, that's awesome. And was there, was there one stat you mentioned, like kids who took five-minute breaks uh, achieved... 20% better test scores or something? Uh, it was significantly better test scores. I would say I don't have the study in front of me, so I'm unable yeah. to rattle it off. Yeah. And I'm sure that if you talk to him, he would be able to tell you all the stats. Now, <laughs> myself, I came along uh, sort of at the tail end of a juggling career. And so he was sort of uh, at the end of it. He had already sold the business or at least thinking of selling the business and uh, just enjoying his legacy years as we traveled around the country teaching people how to juggle. What he really loves is not the business side of it. What he really loves is interacting with the children and having a positive impact on their lives. And so by the time my sister and I were old enough to come travel with him, because he had been traveling for years and years with 
the professional crews that he had brought with him. By the time my sister and myself came around, we were sort of uh, uh, the young scamps, uh, new to the yard. And so uh, it was a really enjoyable experience for the first 10 years. Of course, traveling all the time and not having a home base certainly ha- uh, added to my inability to uh, uh, connect with traditional society, but it also allowed me to really appreciate and understand uh, this digital nomad community once I found it. Mm. Wow, amazing. Yeah, like I'm a, I'm a science geek too as well, so I know exactly how that works, how the test score correlation works because it totally flips the different sides of your brain that are being uh, used. So when you take a five minute break, you're doing juggling, your brain is totally zoned in on the spatial part of your brain, and so it massages your brain. Similar effect, that that's how I uh, uh, describe cannabis. It massages your brain, you know, makes you do a little better ideas and stuff. So it's a, that's awesome. I would love to learn. And what is the stat that, like, was he teaching kids right in front how to juggle in, like, five minutes? Or, like, so... Uh, what he would do is go into a school, and uh, typically an elementary school with around 500 students. And what he would do is go grade level by grade level. So all the fourth graders, all the third graders, all the second graders, all the fifth graders, all the kindergartners, and get everyone involved with a really uh, achievable a skill that for each of their grade levels they're able to achieve and so at the beginning of each one hour session that we would have with each grade level the children would come in and essentially he would ask them raise your hand if you know how to juggle maybe one or two kids would raise their hand and they say how many of you want to know how to juggle all the kids would raise their hand they're kids yeah and uh, eventually he, he would ask them, uh, how many do you, of you believe that you can learn how to juggle in one hour or less? Oh, none of the hands were up. Oh. And so it's a great confidence booster for the kids because at the end of the hour, all of the kids had fantastic, fantastic times, had boosts in confidence and had skills that they could then show to their parents. And we brought all the kids back in that evening for a family juggling night and uh, one of the best, most transformative sort of experiences that I've ever seen, almost like a religious revival experience, would to be would to would take place at these family juggling nights, where these children who learn this skill would end up becoming the teachers of their parents. And so, instead of my dad teaching the parents, he had the children teach the parents. And so, at the end of the evening, the the parents who would oftentimes come in with their arms crossed at the back of the building and just socialize themselves, you know, as 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 typical parents do at a uh, at a family night at school. Instead, by the end of the evening, within one hour, he's gotten all the kids and all the parents together, where the kids are the experts and the kids are the ones teaching the parents. And we had lots of lots of really positive experiences where uh, where parents would tell us, or children would tell us, or families would tell us that they really appreciated the. Uh, not only the juggling, but our ability to bring the families together and uh, have the children teach the parents. And so uh, that was really mm, sort of my formative years, seeing my dad build this business, seeing my dad deal with uh, international manufacturers uh, in the plastics uh, and other manufacturing sort of realm. And also seeing firsthand someone take a niche idea and turn it into a million dollar product mm, or wow. multi-million dollar product. Wow. So you can juggle, you can learn to juggle within an hour 
I would love to. Um, we'll put links below to to his uh, his programs. Maybe they're on YouTube nowadays mm-hmm. or links to so if you want to learn how to juggle within an hour. Um, okay, so after your China hustle, then you went to Thailand and you met Johnny FD before he was a digital nomad <laughs> when he was in his scuba instructor days. So um, yeah, tell us uh, as about that period a bit. Yeah, so I, I think I had first come to visit uh, Thailand 2007, and I had met Johnny uh, training at uh, Tiger Muay Thai. But then we didn't become friends until 2008, 2009, when I came back uh, from China and uh, ended up choosing Thailand as my home base. Uh, from 2008 to 2011, I was in Chi- uh, I was in Thailand full time, uh, living in Phuket. And while I was there, I developed a friendship with Johnny FD, and he uh, started out as a fighter and diver. And then I FD. St- <laughs> that's what it stands for. That is what it stands for. And um, uh, I saw him blogging, and blogging. he was creating this blog. I believe it's called uh, My Muay Thai Fight Camp, uh, and uh, that website uh, really was sort of my first introduction to a website or someone that's running a website or someone writing content. And I don't think that it was monetized at the time, but all of us on the, on the, uh, uh, street where, uh, Tiger Muay Thai, Phuket top team and a couple other, other, uh, MMA and, uh, Muay Thai gyms are on in Soi Thaied in Phuket. Uh, were astonished that uh, Johnny was uh, getting traffic and uh, writing these blogs. And at the time, we were sort of making fun of him. But now, years later, we see that he was on the right pathway. And I'm indebted to Johnny because uh, seeing him and his online journey, I had started my first sort of agency when I was, uh, sorry, when I was, in Phuket, I was doing photo and video packages for professional Muay Thai fighters and for amateur Muay Thai fighters that would come to uh, Soi Thai Ed, come to the street where all the Muay Thai uh, uh, gyms were on. And I would create like video packages and promo packages for them, uh, uh, apprenticing other under someone who's currently a great uh, digital marketer, uh, Michael Galvin. And so I apprenticed under him for six months, and then I started working for Phuket Top Team as their official videographer. And uh, I did that for a number of years. Um, and then I moved back to the States, 2011. And from 2011 to 2013, uh, I was trying to like reassimilate into uh, U.S. culture. I moved yeah. to California. Um, I was trying to do, uh, you know, a respectable nine to five job. And uh, my friend Johnny posted a uh, a link on Facebook to a course, and he said, "This course has changed my life." Uh, last month, I made over a thousand dollars a month, totally online. And because I knew Johnny for years, mm-hmm. and uh, he was my personal friend, I trusted his recommendation. Mm-hmm. Within the first month of him posting that on his Facebook, uh, I believe it was in 2012. Within one year, I had built up an e-commerce business to a thousand dollars a month in profit. It took me a little longer because I was dealing with personal things at the time and I had you know a regular nine to five type situation uh, I had also done a bunch of apprenticeships at the time uh, learning digital skills uh, I had uh, apprenticed in web design apprenticed in podcasting apprenticed in a bunch of other 
different uh, online niches. By the way, for Tim Ferriss, <laughs> so Ian of what's his company's name? Uh, Freedom Podcast. Freedom Podcast. I, I have I have a podcast with him, with Ian, walking through the mountains of Chiang Mai. And but I didn't know that you worked for him, so you edited Tim Ferriss's actual podcast. Yes, so um, uh, <laughs> I believe it was 2011, 2012. I started apprenticing under Ian, and uh, ended up uh, as an apprentice editing podcasts, and then I ended up working for him editing uh, Tim Ferriss's podcast, Lewis Howe's podcast, and Nick Onkin's podcast, among others. Wow. Wow. Okay. So even if you have a nine to five, obviously, as I've said a million times, you can still create an online business in your spare time that makes over a thousand bucks a month. Um, Okay, cool. So, and then here's where my journey steps in. So he posted about Dropship Lifestyle, the course in 2012 on Facebook. Um, I in 2013, took a two-week trip to Thailand to visit Parker, who was doing semester abroad. We went back home and then decided, let's live in Thailand for a year. Founded Johnny on YouTube. He announced the Dropship Lifestyle Retreat that was gonna be happening October of 2014. October 2014. Yep, five years and change uh, now. And that's where I met you. Holy shit. We, cause we, because an online course changed our life. Wow. We took yes. the same course. And then the meetup, essentially, through that course is mm. where we met in person. And uh, I hope to do my own meetups, like with my Amazon course, like uh, in the future. But like like I always say, indebted to Johnny for sharing that online course because like it's, it's an online school. It's a digital marketing school. And digital marketing is booming. So, yeah. How did you go back to Thailand? Was it just for the retreat or what? So uh, I actually moved back out here to Thailand 2013, and uh, mm. I, I had this online business that was earning $1,000 a month, but I was so focused on my day-to-day life. I was going to school. I was doing uh, some apprenticeships. I had a job, and it was difficult to manage everything at once. Plus, I was coaching a gym. It was like there's so many different variables. I couldn't dedicate any time to growing the business. And with the cost of living in California being so high and my sort of a cash flow for many years as I was out here in Asia doing import-export and uh, doing these big government contracts, uh, government contract deals, um, I'd made some bad investments when I'd moved back to the States. Uh, I'd ended up losing... N- lots of lots of money uh and uh through that scenario i didn't have confidence in investing in my business and so i sort of like had built it up to this thousand dollars a month uh benchmark and then for the next six months nine months i just let it ride mm-hmm. and i listened to johnny's podcast and there was a episode where he interviewed a, I believe he was 19 year old, 19 year old kid. His name's Devere. And he was talking about how he had committed all in on drop shipping and was earning thousands of dollars a month. And I was uh, living in California at the time in Santa Cruz. And even though I love it there, the cost of living is incredibly high. Just my rent for a, a small two bedroom apartment was almost $3,000 a month or I think a little more than $3,000 a month. And so uh, I was sitting here thinking that there's no way I can invest in this business and continue to allow it to scale. So I saved up all the cash that I had, sold all my assets, and ended up moving to Chiang Mai, Thailand, 2013. And 
every month that I was here for the first seven months, I increased my passive income month by month by $1,000. So at the end of uh, six months, I had uh, $7,000 in passive income. Uh, I'd started outsourcing my tasks and developed a process, which I use now to help e-commerce businesses scale, which is a process that allows you to completely outsource all your day-to-day tasks, mm-hmm. including your customer service, including uh, your uh, your needs when it comes to fulfilling the product. And with seven full-time employees, uh, typically break down a few in the United States for customer service and uh, the majority of the the rest of the uh, people working for you would be in the Philippines, you can completely uh, autopilot your online business. And so I ended up developing that strategy, built up that business to uh, uh, $14,000 a month in passive income, and then uh, started experimenting with a whole bunch of other different types of uh, business models. So I was doing uh, Teespring t-shirts. I remember those uh, days, <laughs> You and uh, Derek. Ooh, yes, Teespring, Derek. Derek inspired me. I saw him doing uh, big numbers, six-figure numbers a, a, a month doing uh, a Teespring t-shirt, t-shirts, and I had this positive cash flow that was completely passive. Uh, all I had to do was uh, one week, uh, I'm sorry, one day a week have a one-hour conversation with my manager, and uh, those business would businesses would continue to run and continue to grow. And so uh, I started taking all my free cash flow and investing in different products. So I started Amazon FBA products. Um, I started doing Teespring t-shirts. I did affiliate marketing. I just tried as many things as possible and ended up uh, spending over $400,000 on Facebook ads alone, uh, learning how to uh, target audiences, learning how to come up with creative ways of, uh, of targeting your target audience that maybe are hidden if you're not paying attention to the bigger picture. And so I took all the experience that I had growing up with my father, all the experience that I had doing a successful e-commerce business using the dropshipping model, and then I started trying as many different business models as possible and started collaborating with incredible founders that uh, uh, really allowed me to see many different types of business models, many different types of products, and gave me a unique perspective. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, so you got your dropshipping stores, you're doing these other business models. And then now, um, so that kind of, you learned so much that kind of uh, moved you on to a consulting role, mm-hmm. like even back then. Mm-hmm. And right now that's your main thing, right? Mm-hmm. With your digital marketing agency, um, essentially doing uh, Facebook ads, right? Mm-hmm. For, for companies, um, huge opportunity. Like, yeah, you're a, you're a digital advertiser. Like, like my dad was a, uh, an advertiser. He was in the advertising business, Seattle times, mm. you know, print advertiser. But now like, if you want to be an advertiser, you do exactly what he's doing and you can have your own agency. Um, wow. I need to learn some of your strategies about how to outsource. Like you had one manager and then they managed the freelance team. Yeah. So I had a part-time manager. So my, my team structure is a seven, person team structure, uh, one part-time manager who sort of uh, oversees everything, and they're more of a, like a project manager. I say, hey, this is the direction we want to go. Mm-hmm. They make sure that the freelancers or, or the employees make it happen. And so my structure was to have uh, 
two uh, customer service people in the US and then I would have Filipino VAs uh, who I would pay very well who have many years of experience in each of these aspects uh, of running the business that I needed uh, to happen. And uh, I would pay a premium for the highest quality people in the Philippines. They have excellent English. I'm Filipino myself, uh, so maybe I'm a little biased, but uh, I feel like they're incredible workers. And if you uh, pay a great rate, uh, then Ten you'll- now, 20? Um, actually, I, I, I'll- so <laughs> So I, I had depends some. Depends on the task. Yeah, it depends on the task who it is, yeah. and, and who it is. So it's hard to give it a range because it's more about how much value it's bringing to your business. So my my main focus is to create SOPs as, as quickly as possible and uh, to make it as high quality as possible. And then once I have those SOPs, outsource that to uh, to a Filipino VA or someone in the U.S. And when it comes to customer service, make sure that all those people are U.S. based. If your you if your main focus is a U.S. market, which mine was, and uh, my focus uh, when it comes to almost any e-commerce business is how to increase the cart size so that your customer acquisition uh, costs uh, proportionally go way down. And so that's that's sort of uh, my main focus and one of my largest value adds that I brought to almost any business that I've uh, partnered with or consulted with. And so taking carts, average carts, and multiplying the size, not 2x, 3x, but bringing it up like 5, 10, 15 times, it's possible... <laughs> Thumbnail. Oh. <laughs> it's possible, um, but you have to use the right strategies. And uh, I would say that uh, there are opportunities out here for people who are currently doing B to C to think about doing B to B. Yeah, I remember back in your dropshipping days when you started to crush it with the the B to B dropshipping. And um, coming up on thirty minutes here, but um, yeah, Ben just gave a talk. Uh, at the Nomad Coffee Club on Friday. Uh, I had done a talk about YouTube channel the week before, and I actually got a lot of tips afterwards. And then um, I showed him one of my Amazon products, and he's like, whoa. And I'm like, hey, I'm trying to scale this off of Amazon. So basically, I'm going to be working with his agency because everything that he just said, especially with the average cart value, is my main struggle right now. I'm trying to drive traffic from Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, Google, etc., to my new uh uh, Shopify store to market um, some of our most popular Amazon products and um, I need all that help right now so um, yeah you're um, do you have like a website if people want to like get uh, he just did like I just showed up and he just did a free audit like on my website <laughs> so if people want to get like the free audit or whatever yeah what's your website and all that yeah so uh my, my six-figure agency right now is called the Medical Lead Experts, and what we do is we help uh, medical offices, particularly dentists, plastic surgeons, uh, close high-ticket procedures and find those local leads. Now, what I'm working on right now, uh, I, well, actually, I followed my own uh, I followed my own advice and I created this outsourced agency. So right now, I have a co-founder, and uh, I've 
I've uh, worked it out so that I'm able to spend uh, one hour a week consulting with the co-founder and they're essentially uh, my manager. And they're making sure that all these clients that got onboarded use the same proven system that we've used over and over and over again to help dental offices and, uh, and other medical offices close high ticket procedures on autopilot. And so that's our main business right now since I'm in Chiang Mai. It makes a lot of sense for me to find co-founders uh, founders of great products that I can partner with and use my expertise to essentially become an outsourced CMO. My focus is to help these businesses grow. And a lot of agencies that are out there are just looking at the dollars and they charge you a percentage of ad spend. And what that incentivizes is people creating a lot of really bloated budgets with low converting or just barely breaking even yeah, campaigns. Campaigns. Like my focus is to create high converting campaigns that really bring you a great return on investment. And so that's my focus. And uh, the business that I'm starting right now is called the Advertising Experts. And I'm not saying that I'm an expert, even though I have a lot of experience. Uh, through my personal network and through all the people that I've worked with or partnered with over the years, I've come across some of the top people in the industry and I use them in my agency either as consultants, either as uh, people who would work on these projects, or as the inspiration for a lot of the strategies that we use. So at the Advertising Experts, we're not just an agency. We are pooling together the highest quality tip of the spear strategies to make sure that any business that we work with succeeds. And we're, right now we're working with e-commerce businesses and medical offices, but that'll expand in the future. Hmm. Heck yeah. Ahead of the curve, digital marketing techniques. Exactly. I, I got to get some tips from my uh, Amazon marketing agency that I started last year, like as another business side income. Uh, anyways, yeah, we got we, we, we might be working together. I might be calling up the advertising uh, experts uh, to, you know, out, get an outsourced CMO. Um, but uh, yeah, guys, that's Ben's story. What a crazy, how dope, right? So such a crazy story in Thailand for, oh my God, 13 freaking so many years now. Um, yeah, that's Ben, guys. And he's also, you're going to have a podcast um, associated with Amazon experts, right? Oh, or, uh, or advertising experts? Yeah, so I'll, I'll be starting a podcast within the next month. And uh, thank, you, thank you for putting me on the spot. I guess now I'm committed. So within the <laughs> <Yeah>. next... <laughs> you got this box that we're not even, not even plugged in. You couldn't figure it out. This, this is a prop. They don't know. <laughs> they know so. <laughs> So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be starting a podcast called the, uh, the Advertising Experts, and essentially I'm just interviewing all the top experts in the field, the people that I'm learning from myself, and uh, pulling all that information together for you. That's it. Links below. <laughs> We're out. Big, big Ben. Peace. <laughs> Bye.